This podcast was recorded on August 15th, 2022. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and people outside the binary. Broken Class is back in session. I'm your discussion leader, Thomas Huda. It's not often you can have your very best friend in the world on your show, right? And we even had an attempt to do it before, but the audio glitched. So we're going to talk about our high school reunion. We're going to talk about probably whatever stuff in our lives and i told brian that i would uh, begin with a silly really bad joke i came up with today in the dish pit so if you ever used to be a fish forget about your cod past welcome brian to my podcast i don't very very good that's a very good not good joke really yeah how could it be a good not good joke well not every joke has to be good but like if it's a bad joke, if it's a not good joke, it's like the South Park episode where they go mer for their Christian band instead of going platinum. <laughs> like you can't go platinum <laughs> yeah, or gold, yeah. <laughs> but you could go mer. Yeah, it's, it's a weird tier system to M-Y-R-R-H. bad jokes. Yeah, I love bad jokes. Yeah, I mean that's speaking that's of mers, hip hop. How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> uh, hello, people who are so gracious to let us do it interview in our person so uh what is a controversial opinion brian i don't know if you've thought about this at all that we've while we've been bantering about anything you know i have been thinking about this uh truly i think that uh uh ted cruz is pretty good at simpsons impressions (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding that's not my that's not my take uh i think the john cornyn is really good at futurama impressions that's a texas senate nerdy joke yeah i think thin fries are like i think fries are perfect the way they are when they're when they're cut thin shoestring shoestring fries, fries? Curl, like crunchy fries i don't really care for fries in any other form why do you insist on being the second person to do a potato themed controversial opinion on my show <laughs> amber baby no right? i seem to no oh, but i okay. seem to and i even brought it up with city council member jennifer yeah i was like someone else once did a opinion that potatoes taste like mold and dirt and they're totally gross in every oh. form well that's not even close to what i think to which our gracious city leader jennifer yay said tater tots the best form of a potato because we know our city's in good hands when people are indulging in potatoes yeah definitely i think yeah there's plenty of great ways you can use potatoes but just when it comes to fries i just think that i don't need like i don't need, steak fries don't do it for me curly fries have never done it for me just thin crispy yeah. shoestring fries you know yeah nice and salty it's the shelf life that is a concern i think for me i mean <laughs> i'm McDonald's never worried about is notoriously, it i mean i i like to kind of get my drive-through food kind of maybe have a little routine wind down and then eat it usually yeah Sometimes I but can't McDonald's, resist. You can't, yeah. I will. I will. Maybe like, one reach handful it. in the car. Yeah. Well, one. I not me. I'll. <laughs> I'll do a few. <laughs> it's not a long drive I have back home, but you know, it's it's enough time to really do some damage on a, a box of fries. Yeah. You know, but, you're supposed to just eat them. They, you don't damage the box. Yeah. You well, just done with the fries. And you're like, I don't know how you eat fries, but you're like Jack you Black know. and Anchorman. Throw the box out the window. <laughs> well, as Will Ferrell and Anchorman. Ah, yes. Yeah. It yes. was at Jack Black. It was at Jack Black. Ja- in this situation, Jack Black is the box to which I'm doing damage. I've just tanked my potential of having Jack Black or Kyle Gass or anyone like <laughs> or that on fry. the podcast. Oh, fries are going to be very offended now. Yeah, well, I've, I've, we were long past that. <laughs> like some elderly me- menopausal fry <laughs> is like, he said I don't have shelf life. <laughs> How pointless is this? We're just talking about fries in a podcast. and How pointless is space. anything done on my <laughs> podcast ever? 
<laughs> Except for upcoming uh, the third week of September, I will have Eugene Mayer, Lucy Venice on the show. Yeah. What? Assuming that I can't uh, wait the to hear her fry her potato opinions. Yeah, that's not how I'm going to spend any of my time with her. Probably. <laughs> well, I guess I. Yeah. I guess I can and should wait. Yes. Because I don't think that's going to happen. I guess it'll be a real soft break the news interview. to be like that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do a softball interview with Mayor Venice and just talk about fries. You know, I want to talk about other sports too. So as you like can track see, and field. Why does track and field have so much influence in our city, Mayor? Huh? <laughs> and she just wants to talk about softball the whole time. Give me easy questions. <laughs> can we go back to talking about hip hop? The good thing we've done in the past four and a half minutes is uh, giving people the experience of hanging out with us. It's not fun for oh, anyone it's else. Frantic as hell for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be so confusing. It's like watching a Nolan movie, but yeah. like. Uh, dumb down like a hundred yeah. points. It's very whiplashy. No J.K. Simmons. You know, it's just very yeah. like back and forth. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite most people's tempo. Right. You know, we yeah. we have the kind of uh, I don't know. I guess the kind of vibe that just makes you want to toss a symbol at our heads and <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we will get to some fun movie stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to push you though because because we have talked about the lack of utility, the lack of function and 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 genuine value that we maybe have provided anyone in the past five minutes. Maybe a smirk, maybe not even a laugh, but that little nose exhale people do when they're laughing alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I can I just like before we talk about like this awesome reunion and maybe tell a little bit of the story about it? What what is a controversial opinion that you have that doesn't have to do with like? Simpsons or cartoony shit. Ugh, you know? I thought all like, day about what I was going to say about really? fries, and I was like, oh, because last time we recorded, I, I couldn't think of anything controversial. What I was going to say like right. a minute ago is, as you can see, I don't have a lot of controversial opinions. Right. I mean, I have some, but they're all just so, I don't know, they're so innocuous. You know, I guess yeah. they're not controversial. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I do have, I have some things that I have hard stances on, but mm -hmm. they're not, they're not crucial in any way. Here's the thing that I think about, um... You are a savvy enough person about what's going on in the world. You talked about uh, a U.S. senator, you know, Ted Cruz. And sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like credibility now, I guess. No, um, but you, I see you on the Twitters, you know. I see you. Um, I think that if I was going to describe a difference between you and I and our approach to politics, this might even sound insulting or, or high horsey, but I think I try pretty hard to resist the orthodox. Like if, if a lot of people, even if they're people that I think are smart, are saying to believe something, I will look into it and, and try to acknowledge the veracity of what they're saying if there is plenty of it. But I also try to think, what's the other side? And uh, I think that you're more of a normie. Is that okay? I, I don't know. Like I want to know where you step outside of the, the um, set of beliefs that, I don't know, you might be expected to have. Like do you have any views on guns or... Uh, you know, taxes or anything that might be like kind of like the answer is no. You're like Thomas. I'm sitting here with a banana on my yeah, shirt. Yeah, I mean, it's just like for for me, I can only really think about things from my own perspective. Yeah, and a lot of my I think beliefs come from just my experience. I don't I don't know I don't know how to talk. I think one reason why I kind of resort to looking at. Uh, you know, tweets that make me laugh and liking those, and that's probably what you're seeing from. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, those are all. I, it's all. Blue it's, check Twitter. I get, I get some from, of that from your DMs. Oh, sure, sure. It's fine. But I mean, I mean, I honestly, I just like because they're just they're they're a lot of them are jokes. They're yes. just funny. Yes. I mean, 
we could we could go into like maybe like my take about uh you know sort of uh left based humor or right based humor right. versus like left and right sincerity you know i've talked to you a little bit about this and maybe this could be a, i mean this is really i just don't i just don't really you know uh know what i'm talking about a lot of the time but i like you do though i mean i think you are actually know, a person but who I doesn't mean, as, speak unless you do as, know something as about far what you're as about. as far as communicating it i feel a little yeah, I, I, some improvements could be made, but as far sure. as like you know the feelings I have, like I know I kind of know how I feel. You know, I know like where my values are, but as far as like voicing them or like you know, uh, giving my take about you know my own counterpoint to anything, I just don't feel as though I feel qualified. But in a sense, I I know my experience. I just don't feel like I know my my shit. You know, right. So I'm reminded of a quote from Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, mm. which I haven't fully read, but I did hear her articulate this quote or somebody talked about this quote. I will mess it up, but it has to do with when she went to Princeton as an undergrad, you know, and she came from a working class family, I believe. And she got to be in these uh, courses with a lot of very privileged people where she basically said to the effect of they weren't smarter than everyone else, but they kind of thought they would. She said they were buoyed by uh, a world that never told them any different. And so there are a lot of people, and I talk to Haley about this once in a while, is because she knows that she is just as competent as a lot of people who flap their gums more than she does and, mm-hmm. and grandstand more than she does. And I think you're very much the same way. I think you do have a lot of competence and good ideas. There's also value to being able to express your ideas in differing ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you just made a great video on the NEHS 2012 Instagram, way better than I could ever make, that was just inviting people to share song suggestions so they'll have a good time and contribute to the playlist. Yeah. That's what I think I'm good at. Sure. I don't feel like I can, I like, I mean, I'm just not, sometimes I'm just not interested. I don't mean like I feel like apolitical or anything, but yeah. I just don't feel like it's, it's just where I belong to communicate. I mean, I'm, I'm much more, I'm much more prone to being on the side of like, Hey, you're trying to kind of escape from those things. That's why I love movies. You know, that's why I love, that's why everything I'm liking on Twitter is like basically a joke or like some comment about, you know, the latest festival movie that comes out or, when I you think know. of jokes, because I don't look at Twitter enough to really see trends when they happen. Uh, but like, I heard that the Josh Hawley running people were making fun of that. Yeah, and and people were making and, and John Fetterman running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because he's actually a Pennsylvanian and <laughs> been a mayor of a city, and he's running against Doctor Oz, who's the Trump-backed candidate who lives in New Jersey, and yeah. so he's getting roasted on that <laughs> about that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And also just like running footage of him kissing his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> Pennsylvanians don't really go for that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I've been to Pennsylvania. I, mean, I almost just... went to college in Pennsylvania. I remember I, that. Uh, which Swarthmore. one? Oh yeah, yeah. I, you <laughs> bought one of the some place you bought me. You bought me a shirt. Oops. I think it was Swarthmore. Oops. Oh yeah, yeah. It was arts at Swarthmore. Yes. Because I think at some point you were saying I can't wait for my second year so I could be a Swarthmore sophomore. Oh Jesus! Something like that. A lot of man. I mean, when we say jokes, I think I, we we're don't mean like one terrible. Joke. We don't mean like setup and punchline. We just kind of mean like. Stream of consciousness, you like, it would be really bad if we had a bad joke from me and a bad joke from you, but instead you're just quoting an old bad joke from me. <laughs> so you haven't used up your your technical foul, I guess. In this, you could sure you could still well okay. So run my, one if you want. My intention was earlier when I was doing the Ted Cruz thing, I was saying like, I mean, I mean, just look at that already. Like, 
it was had nothing to do with his like you know his uh, governance and any anything of of his work as a senator um, or as a traveler. But more about, <laughs> but just more about, just more about how he's just kind of dog shit at the Simpsons impressions. Love- you showed me that. I thought it was funny, and I thought it would be like, hey, you know, like oh, it's because yeah, it's not. And, bad and it. then, and then after I was, I was hoping you would look at me, and I, we were gonna have a pause. You were gonna see a little smirk on my face, and I go, I'm just kidding. I think French fries are best when they're thin. Uh, that was kind of like the see yeah, yeah. before the pod you, I had asked you like okay well you, you you said you were gonna tell me the bad joke and I was like okay well if you're gonna <laughs> say the bad joke I might as well do the do the bit that I thought of earlier today because I just I just don't I don't think of my I'm I'm constantly in pursuit of like truly like where my values lie right um and I mean it's just it's just not really a thing it's a thing I I try to discover and display right. in more ways than just talking to someone a discussion yeah you know some kind of uh humor or art right art piece we've uh, talked about um and we'll, we will get to the reunion <laughs> we've talked about pe- uh not pizza this we is going about fries. this is going basically the opposite direction of where i was prepared to go but we talked about fries and how you're willing to eat a few of the car handfuls you know yeah that's a, that's a thing you know i think we both like pizza so after this, if we have time, yeah. after this, we uh, we could uh, go to Mod Fast after we mm. record the podcast. Yeah, if you yeah. Do that. that's better. <laughs> Maybe not funnier, but better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you and I were both. So we went to the same high school. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of and segues. middle school. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if we didn't go to the same middle school? We met at North. I, I've always I've always contended mm. that, especially. There might be a case we made that I'd be becoming more of an asshole, but I think I was an asshole in really unself-aware ways when I was in high school and middle school. I think anyone who looks back at high school with that kind of lens, I feel like is bound to look at themselves as somewhat of an asshole. I think I've done right. the same thing. There were times when I was looking back uh, at like my time in high school and I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I feel as though that the way that I understood like being bullied right was not very indicative of my experience like and it made me you know it wasn't like you know i wasn't like oh like you were thrown in the locker yeah i wasn't like pushed or like made fun of all the time because i would i i feel like i would just try to it took the alex borstein approach i think you had told me this at one point i had learned that she basically just started would make fun of herself before anyone else would in high school right um, so it was easier to get by without being, you know, made fun of, you know, you beat beating all the other kids to the punch necessarily. Yeah. Um, but secretly um, she was like refining her lowest voice too. And she's like, I mean, probably I mean, family guy, all that stuff kind of, kind of gets bought, maybe bottled up or something. But anyway, uh, I didn't really have any experience like that where I felt like I needed to defend myself from any, anyone, uh, you know, who I thought was attacking or bullying me. Right. But then when I think about that, it makes me think, oh, shit, was that because I was a bully or something? Oh. And uh, I don't know. It, it made me less oh, aware. you were, me, like, it will, literally the least. But it, but it made me. I regret some of the things that I know that I did, especially in middle school. True, but that. But to that, particular people. I feel that way, too. It I was not necessarily I was a, in I, an overt. In a deliberate way, but a lot of all of I've never meant to be like an asshole. This is why am I doing like my apology tour right now? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I never felt like I was being truly like deliberately an asshole to people, but I did feel as though a lot of things that 
got taken the wrong way, you know, lack well, of context, missing context that I just don't think I could ever go back and kind of explain because I would want nothing more than to go back and be like, wait a second, no, like, I know how this goes, this is how I meant it to go, I meant this, but it's kind of, it feels kind of irrelevant for me right now. I think we've moved into a conversation about interpersonal dynamics within middle and high school. And that has something, it's very, very weird because when I think about the things that I did that were deeply annoying to people, I did a lot of those things out of love. <laughs> what I thought was love, you know, uh, yeah. uh, pestering people out of annoyance, uh, sorry, out of my desire to get attention from them because I thought that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, I, I would, you know, to, uh, I, I think of uh, my fr- our friend Deshaun. I, you know, I, I don't really want to name the names of people that I think I may have been insensitive towards because that could be just who really wants that. Mm. But uh, but I genuinely feel regret. I mean, I, and that would literally just be me trying to be warm and friendly. But I think I leaned in on just like weird. <laughs> I was weird, you know. And, yeah, or like yeah. when Sean Collum and I weren't friends anymore, I would be jokingly like hey sean like pretending we're still good friends that we were you know um michaela reese i i did odd things uh with when i was you know in, the, in sixth grade this is like young sure, sure. young and so I, I really um in a way i appreciated when I, when I moved to new york people just like call you out on your shit so quickly and so willingly and i'm just i needed that you know in a way mm-hmm. growing up around here especially being quote unquote a good student i wasn't really <laughs> in many ways yeah I I, I I didn't get enough of the the real pushback you know i learned something very important uh, about high school very not maybe i didn't learn this until just recently but i was definitely like already following it at that time which was i knew pretty early on that i only wanted to do like films and video and all that stuff i did not care about any other assignment yeah. And it it was like and I saw a lot of assignments I just didn't do because I'm like yeah. why can't I make a video? Yeah. I get it. I get the material and this is how I want to apply my knowledge. I hope this episode is interesting to people who weren't in our class or who didn't go to North. Yeah, maybe but, we but, can help contextualize some things as we go along, but I mean Yeah, well all I want to say is that uh you know, our high school was split into three small schools. One of them was arts-based. You were in it. One of them was internationally focused. I was in it. The other one was a little more design, engineering, and technology-ish. Project-based, they would Project-based say. learning and presentations and professional, pre-professional sort of mentality in some ways. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you were one of the rare people who took a homeroom, essentially, core class that all international high school juniors took that wasn't in your school yeah. because you it was film studies. We had a mm. film studies class, and I believe you and Derek Gray were the only people that weren't in IHS that took it. That's that right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. And then we finished up our assignments that were due. We still had, like, another month and a half left, and we just didn't really do film studies. We did the, the class that uh, kind of was replacing the ITGS or IGTS. Right. I never figured out which, which is the right one. ITG ITGS, or I, Inter- ITGS? Inter- Information Technology in a Global Society. Okay. But I've always been an acronym nerd. <laughs> I love knowing what acronyms are. So sure, sure. Um, uh, it was because it was an international baccalaureate IB class. God, I'm doing it again. I'm really annoying. And uh, they had like the big testing was through some in-class assignments that you turned in, but also 
yeah, not, it was all three just cl- assignments. It was an oral analysis, mm-hmm. creative process, which is a five-minute film you make, yeah. and then an essay. And uh, they would be tournament around the end of April, early May maybe, and then you had that last month yeah. or so until yeah. until Watch, early you June know, you, when we, our school year ended. We, we, we would screen some some nice and, you know, for me, at least memorable, like, films and documentaries. Yeah, we watched Catfish. We watched 127 Hours. We watched Blade Runner. I mean, a lot of, like, pretty cool shit. I think it's so funny, though, how we were... I think that's when we watched Lola Rent. Run, Lola, run. Yeah, exactly. And, and, I mean, part of it was, like, super cool, because, like, I I didn't even realize how good I had it, that any time I'd watch a film in in class, I actually made a letterbox list of every movie I've ever been, I've ever screened in a classroom. Cool. Like anything I had to watch for like a class. Cool. So far, like it's, you know, pretty, pretty accurate. It's got, I can't think of anything else I may be missing, but my point mostly was <laughs> that, uh, I thought of something silly. I, I liked, I liked doing that because the work was, it, for me, it felt simple. It felt clear to me. I knew how to do it. And, you know, everywhere else, I, I just, I just, you know, whatever strengths I had maybe in making videos, I lacked in writing essays. You know, I just had the hardest, I had a harder time just saying enough things about what I knew and saying them in a well enough way mm-hmm. to where it follows the rubric than I was able to, uh, you know, get in front of a camera and talk about, you know, Newton's third law or right. um, describe you know, Reaganomics you have in some a Mike kind Pence of way. Fly on your head right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can I tell you can't about? Have that. <laughs> I would love the Landed exercise of <laughs> <laughs> remembering what uh, movies you watched in school. Uh, two of them I remember in uh, Jennifer Skirlock screened for us uh, because we had her ninth grade and eleventh grade in IHS. Wonderful educator, by the way. I love her. We still are in touch today, and um, she had us watch The Power of One with PK. Uh, really cool Pokemon movie. 2000? <laughs> no. But I love... Wouldn't uh, that be just the, the coolest thing? Pokemon the third po- movie would be funny to watch. <laughs> Entei and Pokemon weird. Heroes. Yeah. Forever with Celebi. Yeah. We're just flexing here. <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Detective Pikachu. All right. We've, we've gone back Destiny down. Destiny Deoxys. Okay. Jirachi the Wishmaker. All right. Um, and we also watched... A adaptation of the Crucible, film version of the Crucible, mm-hmm. and I guess you know, I just, I again, I, I try to come to terms with and try to reduce the negative effect that my ego has. But I do have an ego, right? And and I love moments when I can be a hero. And we couldn't see the movie with the projection. Like we had, it was daytime. We had all the blinds closed as much as you could as little light in the room as you could, but you couldn't see the intro of this movie to set the context for people who know. Abigail is uh, in the forest with Tichuba, and they're basically saying that they're practicing witchcraft, but they're just kind of goofing off in the woods, and so it's a dark scene. So there's very little light in the scene, and the projector screen, you know, just wasn't showing up. So I got up, and I, like, adjusted the brightness, and you could at least see somewhat what was going on. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have conquered 90s cinematography. Yes. Yeah. I wish I knew who shot that, so I I could just like drop that knowledge. But yeah, no, it might have even been late eighties. But I think it was, I think it was. 90s. Well, it was Daniel Day Lewis in that movie, right? As John Proctor. Oh, I think it probably was. Yeah, that was. Wow. 90, I think it was ninety six. Is he the guy who? Oh, I remember Giles Corey. His last words when they're crushing him to death. Yeah. More, More weight. weight. <laughs> uh, we had a we did a production of the Crucible. My first play at North. I did seven. 
plays at North. My first one was The Crucible. We did it in the library. And in Let's the audience. Let's rattle them off, dude. This is Nostalgia Fest. I can do it real fast. Yeah. Uh, well, the first one I did was The Crucible. We did that in the library. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's a theme here, so you pay attention. You don't chronological. Well, I Let's mean... Go, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I know. Our town, Thornton Wilder's Our Town, we did in Mr. Gorlick's classroom. So yes. we still... So one year already, not in the auditorium. <laughs> Second year, uh, we did Alice in Wonderland, directed by a student. Not happening again. Uh, yeah. And then we did, and everything else is starting to be on the stage, yes. except not, the audience is also on the stage. Mm-hmm. After Alice in Wonderland, oh, I, I played the White Rabbit. Uh, I played a trumpet on stage, super cool. Then we did Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> updated it to post-war Italy. Um, really? Yes. Wait, really? You didn't see it? Do you remember this? I don't fucking I'm not remember trying, every I don't detail. To, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. The thing I remember best is the Fantastics Story junior theater, year. Story the Fantastics once in a lifetime. I'll just kind of... Okay. Yeah. Boom. Just, just, just make it quick. Yes. And then... Um, yeah. What we we're talking the about... Fantastics oh, I was talking the Crucible. Good. It's hard for me to think about... I remember a kind no, I, of I, September. I, I try to forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, Plant a radish something something. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just ignore any fantastic stuff you you say uh we did the crucible the audience the potential audience of the show it's <laughs> just, just windows it's down just bottlenecking like, it's literally like two people it at has, this point it has bottlenecked into a thin metal straw luckily the topics are time stamped so, yeah. you so if you want to skip to the part if you want to get to me talking about shrek which i feel like i'll inevitably do i'm gonna have a topic timestamp that's called actual reunion chat begins yeah. <laughs> the podcast actually starts <laughs> so uh but the, it's hard for me to think about a lot of lines in the crucible without kind of laughing because of the fun of the pretty fun times I had backstage. You know, it was my first time doing a show. Yeah. Um, Elijah so, Waltz was great in that. Yeah, wonderful. We actually would joke about there are two lines we would joke about um, back backstage. One line is actually at the beginning of uh, his, his his introduction in the in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he says like oh, Abigail or something. I have been searching for you longer than my cows, implying <laughs> that I've been looking for you longer than I would look for my cows. But I always thought it was funny to look at the line as I have been looking for you longer than my cows have been looking for you. <laughs> and then we had this. They're like, I'm gonna eat her in my four stomachs. <laughs> uh, check off a thing we know about cows. Um, can't they? I think I heard somewhere too. They can walk upstairs. They can't walk downstairs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, another yeah. line that we, <laughs> another line that we would have a good time with was that more weight right. line because right. that was just one of those. Well, the thing about them is they like to hang out in the sod grass, which is something we talk about on don't my do, podcast. Don't do, don't do this. No, no, I'm gonna cut it off. No, I as soon as I heard it, I was like, <laughs> internal rhymes have gone too far. Um, okay, no, finish what you were saying. No, I wasn't yeah. gonna say a damn thing. Okay, let's talk about the reunion. Uh, we were both, we both. Ran for the the ASB, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, we both had contested races. So congrats to us. Some people like Haley Wade ran uncontested for a story. Nobody wanted to mess with the Haley, and uh, Laura Steindorf was uncontested for secretary. Um, we also had Dylan ran, won the treasurer race, and Sandra won the VP race, mm-hmm. and I think that's all the elected positions. And then, as was the tradition at the time, we appointed a few more uh, coordinators from... Uh, consultants. Consultants. You're right. You're right. You were a coordinator with Jordan Selby. Yeah. And uh, 
who is amazing and just everybody that's been part of this this little squad of people you know anna amparo you know everybody who's contributed from asb and out, uh, like yvonne campos leila mcelroy and outside of asb you know a lot of really wonderful people who have demonstrated some excitement for this going back um 2012 we graduate uh and we look at the five-year reunion possibility in the in late 2016 i believe we mm-hmm. we were, were talking in the group chat about it and kind of thought it's a little soon and not really necessary or whatever we thought felt about it just you know you want the first one to be meaningful and you want it to be good so from what i remember we kind of said let's let's do 2022 we will do a our first reunion and, and try to make it something special and, and yeah. good. Surely nothing will get in the way to complicate that. <laughs> exactly. And then a lot of things, but mostly it, a pandemic. Yeah. Now you got the pens fly. I've got the pens it's, fly it's, now. It's gone. It good. flew away. Yeah. You just have to make some smart point and be like, I'm Kamala. Um, anyway, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. <laughs> Mr. Vice president. I'm speaking. Um, so then we just move forward towards thinking about all the considerations that go into it, whether or not it will even have a in-person one. It wasn't, it wasn't a foregone conclusion when we first started talking about it that we were definitely going to have an in-person one, but we, you know, were paid attention to what was going on in the public health world. And uh, also I'll say that um, early this year, I believe it was in January, I went to the Wow Hall for a hip-hop show. My friend Savelle the Native was performing, and there was a shooting at the show, and I watched the shooter from where I was standing outside the venue. I physically saw him, and uh, it was a really crazy situation. Long story short, I tried to end up being involved in the healing process for the venue and a few events, a Zoom meeting and an in-person event that Mayor Venice came to, and just kind of trying to move forward with it. And, and I guess I had felt that it'd be time to try to take on a more active role with that building. Cause it's, it's been a huge part of our lives. Yeah. We've seen some of our very, very favorite. I mean, we've seen Watsky there twice, right? I've seen him, uh, four times there. Oh, there. Oh yeah. yeah. I guess we have seen him a few there, a few times there. And, uh, we recorded a little clip. Maybe of three. Some. Yeah. Well, you saw freaking breezy Lovejoy there before he started going by the, before he started going by Anderson Pack. That's right. And then I think maybe even after that... He I actually think twice I did. Once yeah. as Breezy, again as Anderson Pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like freaking playing drums with Eminem at the Super Bowl, and you're like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I felt. So the Wow Hall's been a big part of the, the, the performing arts community in Eugene. It's a nonprofit-based, volunteer-run organization, and uh, I was like, oh, let me start volunteering there, and uh, figured we can give them our business. I thought initially that the booking would be a little less expensive than it ended up coming out to be. I'm not throwing any shade at all. I think we're getting a good experience out of it. Yeah. Um, and they were honest and upfront about about all the everything. And we decided we were going to possibly do Doris Ranch. We looked at that, and the insurance costs were kind of intergalactic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, of course, we considered Emerald Park. We considered Abbey's, and we don't even necessarily know for sure that this coming reunion weekend there won't be things happening like. For people who who are tuning into this because they actually want to get more details, I fucking apologize. Uh, by the way, what are you doing? Holy shit! <laughs> we've been trying to get, we've been trying to tell you for like a few months now. This is how you want to get the info. <laughs> no, dude, <laughs> look at the do IG not come. And- do not come. <laughs> <laughs> Kamala Harris joke. Damn. 
Um, so anyway, uh, we kind of were deciding to do that, and uh, we put out the interest form in March, I believe, to say, hey, would you guys rather have June, July, or August, September? And pretty overwhelmingly, it was people either said both either one were okay or that we would rather have august september and so from then it was just finalizing the booking making sure we had enough money to put down the um deposit and, and, just, getting, and just having enough interest and just making sure that people were like you know brian i've never really felt like there isn't enough interest i feel like there is interest out there we just have to connect the dots i Could think be. you know yeah. Like, yes, there's probably people that are on the fence. Yes, there are definitely people that think, I don't want to go to a reunion and see people that I went to high school with. And I totally can understand and appreciate that, too. Um, I didn't go to my college reunion five years, even though it's kind of a big deal, because I always imagined I would, but there were too many people that fucking hated me, and I'm okay with that now, you know? But I didn't necessarily want to be there at that time. Sure, sure. Um, so... We've, we've got things really rolling now, uh, and we're going to have our, our final meeting this coming Sunday, which I'm excited about, and then uh, we've got cool shit going on for the reunion. Um, tell, talk about the multimedia stuff that you uh, envision or have been working on. Well, um, I've been working on not much, uh, but I've had many ideas. I've had many things that I thought... You've already eh, made two really cool videos, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and they're just more like you know fun, playful. I tried to I tried to emulate the way I used to make videos in high school, because yeah. um, it's better than trying to do something super elaborate. I right. feel like I, I don't want to say like people expect this or that from me, but right. I I definitely have expectations for myself, and I I knew that you know it's doing a video is both uh, a harmless endeavor, and also it's something that I would have probably done in high school anyway right make a video to promote uh some event going on and some kind of aesthetic that i found doable you know i just sort of found a way to be resourceful with what i had the tools equipment i have and i just made something usually i was there in front of the camera now i'm at an age where i'm like i don't really want to do stuff in front of the camera but no one else is going to be doing this so i might as well you know go out there and you know maybe try to you know, bring back a little of that flame that existed in me 10 years ago. Cause 10 years has been, uh, quite some time on your old buddy, Brian. One thing I want to acknowledge, not to single myself out. Everyone's had a tough go, but like, Oh yeah, I know my experience and it I mean, have been better. One thing I kind of wanted people to know, because, you know, I think we've done a competent and a, and a thorough job, but I also think there was some slowness in the finalization of the booking and that made it difficult to get people, several months of notice they got two months of notice i think or just over two months i think notice but of the actual date i think so yeah and and venue essentially mm -hmm. so the point is you know we know that it's going to be a good deal of our friends who are in the area still and i love that about it and i also think that we we do have people traveling across state lines to come yeah you know uh laura and and uh dylan hudson and probably some other people potentially mm -hmm. um so but i also just yeah i i think i'm always trying to hold ourselves to a, a high standard i think the future unions unions are going to be really exciting also um but i guess i just want people to know that like um 
doing this when 2010 and 2011 but were both not able to have reunions and just trying to book venues when booking situations and and so many costs of things are kind of uh, fluctuated in a way that isn't friendly to consumers and customers and uh, people trying to book things. So anyway, um, but, you know, I also, you know this about my own opinion of my own co-leadership. I don't think of it as I led the ASB group, but I think we all co-led. But I think I didn't do this most present job in part because I was dealing with family shit and I was yeah. failing which I, AP Chem and Which blah, blah, blah. I would say is probably more crucial to be working on than, you know, ASB. Yeah. And I, I think at least that I the think fundamentals so. we got done, we got the school spirit t-shirts that say, I believe that we will win. This is Highlander Nation on them. Those were really successful. Try to promote good sportsmanship at athletic events. The we had words can hurt. And was it the sports, the clubs fair? Club and sports fair. That was unprecedented. That was, to me, that felt like the pinnacle of like what ASB was able to do. They are microphone stands. Thank you. We're doing a podcast. So, yeah. 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 yeah thank you, though. Sorry. No, it's good. Um, we're doing it out here on the, on the street. So, yeah. um, and so we did that. We also did the uh, Project Give, which was the traditional kind of big. I would say more than that, we did the Project Give assembly. Mm-hmm. That was epic. I mean, honestly, it was just like, I have, oh, I should put, I should put, I have the whole assembly on, I recorded the whole assembly. Fuck. I can probably involve that somehow. Because I also have, I also had the words can hurt assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, assemblies are a good way to One of our, get video of everybody. I mean, we've kind of uh, made a nod to the fact that we have inside jokes. One of my, our longstanding inside jokes comes from creating a piece of pizza, a big cardboard pizza, because we make cardstock food items that we, at the Project Give Assembly, um, I think the dance song we even did might have been Harlem Shake. Not true. No, because that was afterwards. Yes. It was some dance song with a big bass drop. It was because we, cause I had two banana suits, okay. and the song was Peanut Butter Jelly Time. It's Peanut Butter Jelly. Yes, that's what it was. Dancing Bananas. And ultimately, I remember who... Put up, who had to wear the pizza slice? Um, yes. It was yeah. Kyle Jubini. Yeah, it was, um, but <laughs> really wore the hell out of it. I'll try to shorten this, but I also just this is leading into an I inside make joke. Podcasts for me, y'all. I love people that just like get like hyper tangential and want to tell you weird details about random shit. There was two sides to the butcher paper that we were making this with. <laughs> I used the green paper for bell peppers for the pizza slice. Right. Right. One side's a little glossy, one side's a little more matte. I had a little inconsistency where I had like, oh, I traced oh, out and cut. Oh, I know what inside I, joke I, this yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I go cut on. out like two or three of them with the glossy side and glued them on. One of them I accidentally glued the matte side. And so I said the whole shit like and I, maybe you could see like the paper the 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 pencil trace around it where I had cut. So it wasn't perfect. Granted, this is in a fucking basketball gymnasium. No one's going to be able to see this shit. And so when I was griping about There's how I didn't another do another thing no one's going to do. Right. And then the, the thing you said was... Nobody is going to look at that and go, point and go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's going to be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. So we would that's, just, that's the, that cadence is important. We use hey, the, wait a minute. <laughs> Use that a lot to describe yeah. anything that's okay. Doesn't have to be perfect. No one's gonna be like, "Hey, wait a minute." No one is that nitpicky. As Tech Nine says, "Inside joke is outside now." 
We might have just popularized a phrase. Oh, Wait a minute. I feel like if we were to popularize some kind of inside joke, out of the, honestly, maybe dozens or hundreds we might have, some yeah. has probably had, had to have caught on. I don't know if any of them did. Um, it, it's weird, dude. I don't really know why. Again, we're getting into I have this unnecessarily high opinion sometimes of the things that I'm doing. I, I hope I sound self-reflective enough about that because I do. It matters to me that it has a negative impact on people. I also want believe in modeling confidence because you want other people to have it. But I believe that I invented the Chinese cut when I was in elementary school. Mm. I don't know why, but I probably like heard of it in some way. And then when when we all had to, there'd be a line leader. When you come back from recess, everybody gets in the line to go back to their respective homerooms, and like or you'd be waiting in line for lunch in the cafeteria. And I was like, oh, I won't cut you. Cuts aren't allowed. I'll get behind you in the line and call it a Chinese cut, which is really just cutting the person who's behind you. Right. And, and I would later go on to hear that people, that that's like a thing, like nationally. It was, yeah, it was a thing that, that was ha- happening when right. in, in my lines in elementary Probably school. Probably years before I, I even... I had no idea why it was Chinese, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, no, let's ori- guess. Orientalist let's have a fun time. Let's, why don't we assume why people think the Chinese are backwards? Yeah, yeah. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you don't want to do anything to piss off anyone, especially not pissing off the creator, because you don't want us to think, oh, now I have to get repentance and pray to God fast. So let's move on with the podcast. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Do you want to talk about like? Like, what is enticing about this reunion event? I mean, <laughs> what should be in, what should be enticing? I mean, we actually have like for, a pretty stacked like for one thing, a lot I, of cool shits happening. I think that there's something that social media has done, which has kind of slightly devalued the idea of a high school reunion because Definitely. we see so much of each other already. Yes. I have seen probably every single person in my graduate in our graduating class at least one time in the last ten years. Really. I'm not kidding. No way. There's to sleepers. some extent. There's sleepers though. To oh, you extent. mean on social media? No, like out in the world. No, I've that's been wild. here, and not well, a lot does, of us have left. There is a lot of interesting, like, I don't know, weird ways that these social media companies compel us to certainly give up our privacy, but also be like, "Hey, your friend is nearby." <laughs> like, what? Why are you telling? Like, how's that benefiting me? I'm like, it's like, oh yeah. Like, guy that I went to geometry with, like, you know, seven years ago, he happens to be 0.7 miles away from me right now. I'm thinking partially of the Snapchat map. Yeah, which is which odd. Which I finally went in and it was just like, you can restrict, you can have like a list of people where it's like, only Haley and Brian can see, and mm-hmm. that's, I'm fine with that. Honestly, for, from, from my end, I am on the verge of just getting rid of Snapchat. Yeah. I just... I, it's not as it's not as enjoyable as it used to be, and I never. I think look. I wrote the highs that I had on Snapchat have are long since passed. You made a mixtape in 2013 called yeah. Ball in a Cup. Yes, there was a, I think track two or three is Burrito Boy. Two, track mm, two, three, right? Because there's an intro, yeah. Nautical a, intro. Yeah. What's up, Doc? And which then, is not a cool intro. Yeah, be, <laughs> I say that, but I think it's maybe my can favorite. We roll track. it. It's Can my we favorite. roll it? Can we play it? 
Uh, well, you put the. I guess if people listen, to we'll it put on it a at podcast. the end. We'll yeah, put yeah, it at yeah. the end. I mean, I can do it right now. I'm not doing no, it. No, right it's now. cool. <laughs> we don't, don't interrupt the flow of the conversation. It's, it involves a lot of. There's a really good minute, flow here. Cadence. A lot of vocal inflections. Yeah, uh, but okay. I again, I just don't. I feel like should should we should we explain why? I want to just should, list should off we, really quick a lot of the, the cool shit happening at the reunion. Real quick, okay. should we just explain that ball in a cup thing? Because I okay. feel like people just heard the beginning of that and sure. might not know what the rest of it means. Sure. Uh, oh, so I'll, I'll I'll explain. Yeah. Uh, track three, Burrito Boy. I pitched oh. you an idea about what I wanted to do with it that involved Snapchat. You were going to make your entire music video of like a vertical video, mm-hmm. and it's all Snapchat clips that are doodled on and drawn on. Because that, back when that was one of the only things that you really did on the app was yeah. doodle on things. And I would just put myself. I would just take a picture of my face, and then I would just draw around it using the you know the color stencil tool. Right. And I put you know I, the first time I did it was when was the day you flew, uh, uh, you moved to uh, Minnesota. Okay. And I don't know why, but I just turned turned myself into E.T. And I was like, E.T., phone home. Right. And I sent it to you, and you saw it. You are like, that's funny. Now i got to turn my phone off and fly on the plane. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, so I was, in my head, I was E.T., phone home. Right. Thomas's mind, it was Thomas, leave home. Right. Speaking of Drew Barrymore, you also had a Charlie's Angels reference on your mixtape. Oh, I did. Good <laughs> good uh, Drew Barrymore connection. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to give people a rundown of just some Which of is, the basic... Which in reality is just a, a line from Superbad. Right. Yeah. Really? There's a mo- moment where Michael Sarah's on the phone. He's like, it's going to be full throttle, Charlie's Angels 2. Oh, and nice. And then I was like, oh, well... You know, just I'll just take that full throttle full thing, full Charlie, throttle, and I'll just Charlie's say Angel sequel. But here my rhymes out there, anything, anything but, but fecal. fecal. That's actually on my first mixtape. Oh yeah, it's on the song "Rapping to You." That's right. Uh, it's funny. I have this delusional idea sometimes um, that I could be a successful musician, and uh, again, just you gotta try, you gotta believe enough in yourself, otherwise you won't get out of bed and do the shit, especially mm. when you deal with mental health and depression and stuff like that you know it's it can be important to believe in what you're doing so i am the one among us i don't want to be to, to diss you but who believes they could be a successful hip-hop musician mm. who pays their bills with rap music did i give any indication that that's what i thought about <laughs> myself i don't know why i didn't think you needed to phrase it like that i might have been like that rejecting a little bit there uh, but yeah. oh i just got that mod pizza reference oh, oh i get go. it like mod yeah, yeah mod. podcast yeah mm-hmm all right, I'm getting better. Uh, so that was a joke. I, I knew. We can, we can't even really keep this pod going too much longer. We're already at 45 minutes. Oh really? I think we should do a digestible hour. You know? Okay. What do you think? Want to do cool like a two parter? Be like, ah. tune in next time. Well, we're losing daylight too, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, let's leave the door open to another one. But um, uh, running down just some of these things that are actually happening at reunion because we we may have sold it short, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a banger. And, and there's going to be – I'm not worried about numbers. There's going to be enough people there for sure where it's real, it's cozy and fun and homey and doesn't feel like we're just in a giant room that we should we don't deserve to be in. We, It's going to be cool. Um, there's going to be a uh, beer garden downstairs for people that want to indulge in beverages. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been saying that we're going to have cheap booze and you can request what you want, which you still can, at tinyurl.com slash northrsvp. Um that's our RSVP form for people who aren't donating or if you are donating. But if you've made a donation on Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal, it is already um, 
we already know your name and that you're coming so that you're already on the list that way so we've got like 40 people on the list so far um then you've got people that are facebook rsvp'd that aren't necessarily on the other list you've got people that i know are coming that just haven't rsvp'd at all um we are going to be uh able to do that downstairs where i've been telling people that the it's there's going to be drinks that are cheap um honestly it might just be on a like you know they might just be there. It might be open bar, you know, depending on how, how many people are, are going to be there and stuff, you know, uh, and people, I assume that because it'll be staffed by a person who is licensed to distribute it, uh, that the wow hall provides effectively. And, uh, I assume that she'll be able to take tips so you can tip her. We might even have a donation jar for the people that have funded the drinks and, uh, the, Potentially, if we have extra money, I've been saying we can hold it for the next reunion. You know, yeah, there's no reason why we can't. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, but upstairs, you know, uh, where you don't have to be 21 plus, it's, we're going to have a f- family-friendly event. I know multiple people that want to bring their children, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, we'll have things like design your own slap bracelet. Cause slap bracelets are nostalgic. Uh, we're going to have like kind of a nostalgic library of fun artifacts, um, like all of these. Uh, <laughs> We have a bunch of issues of the Friday, uh, February 19th, 2010 Caledonian, which (laughs) when this fell, I think it stopped recording, but, um, anyway, we've got a lot of fun artifacts, uh, (laughs) at the event. Um, we've got the stage. We were going to have cool. I've been saying old school games, which is probably guitar hero rock band, uh, as well as more new like, I don't know why I thought of Connect Four when I meant to say Twister. Yeah, board, board games are oh, Twister, Connect Four, and Twister. Whoa! At the same time, really fuck it up. Just like really get the <laughs> roof raised. Heck yeah! Get dude. out of here. Um, yeah, smoking area. I've been saying this can be hand rolled herbs. Um, one of our okay, I'll just say it. You know, uh, we haven't thoroughly gone through all the teachers and I invited people, but. Already, I did bring up to Miss Diane Downey, who used to be a great teacher at North. Um, she basically went to teach middle school after North, and then I don't know if she just decided to quit teaching out of, for whatever reason that, that motivated her, but she ended up moving into the cannabis, cannabis industry, been very successful as a CEO of Rebel Spirit Cannabis, um, which not only do they uh, you know make cool products like joint packs and edible gummies and things like that, but also... Um, pretty dedicated to the last prisoner project and it's named after a person who was incarcerated unjustly in their view uh because of growing and selling growing cannabis you know um and uh, there is a smoking area people can indulge in things like that again that'll be separate from you know where children are necessarily going to be uh people we encourage people to bring snacks so a lot of people are going to be bringing snacks we're not serving a, a, a full dinner um, but we'll also then kind of have suggestions for kind of places to go afterwards. Uh, yeah. Wow Hall situated. Uh, I would recommend that people, you know, you know, you know, maybe for yourself what you might expect out of your night better than I do. But it wouldn't be. Uh, I think it would make sense to park closer to, like Willamette Street downtown, possibly the Parkade or one of the parking garages there, in anticipation that your m- night might end over there rather than mm. at the Wow Hall. Um, but it's up to you. There's going to be a lot of parking. Um, I almost thought it would be so meaningful if uh, we rode our bikes to the reunion. Right. How nostalgic would that be? Like anything that makes it feel so much like it was just like a high school event, like, you know, a, like a IHS game night or, uh, you know, or a, a talent Forest show. Waters and Friends concert for Haiti. 
I remember that was that was that was a banger night. Amazing that was one show. of the most fun things I ever saw. Shout out to Thor. Uh, we, I think we he's both out have here. A, he's out here making movies now. It's it's so exciting. It is. I think we both have a, a real affinity for the sophomore year and the summer of yeah. 2010 going into junior year. Yeah, that was a real. Because that's like the la- for me that was like the last like good time I was having in yeah. a while. Yeah, I mean as far as we're like nothing big was, like, projects going weren't wrong. really as much of a thing, so you wouldn't really get stressed out about you know big essays. I'd, I would say the first two years of high school compared to junior and senior year well again like i said i only wanted to make videos and so like yeah. i didn't really have much of a care in my mind about <laughs> anything else also at this time 2010 i was looking forward to film studies which was going to happen the next year so it's like okay. i had so much to look forward to anyway but yeah yeah 2010 that was i mean uh it's incomparable right um I so like i appreciate I everybody who is who is uh donated at first we weren't very clear about whether or not a donation was required. And I think we did that in order to try to get the ball rolling and encourage people to kick in like 20 bucks or something. But we definitely uh, d- not turning anybody away. And we're very vocal now about the fact um, that, you know, it's due to the generosity of, of some people that have donated early and donated a lot. We've got the, we got this venue paid and we've got, we've got everything we need and we just want uh, the homies. And um, I think it's going to be, I don't know. I, I, I keep losing my train of thought, but and sounding like I keep saying the same things, but I really care about the people in our class. I feel that I didn't uh, do the best job as president at the time. And so this is like part of my gift to the class is try to create this cool opportunity. And then also um, it's been a little exhausting being one of the main cheerleaders of this. So I hope that in the future, you know, we'll have uh other people are going to take the take it on a little bit more, and that's great. That people have already done. I'm not saying people haven't done it, but uh, it's been it's been a good lesson in trying to build something more collaboratively. Um, and so I totally get it if people uh, couldn't travel on short notice. Like for example, our friend Kevin Becerra. You know, I I guess I I didn't ask for any permission to say anything, but but you know, there are people that have said. You know, it was just a little short notice and it couldn't make the traveling happen. Mm. If you live on the East Coast, I get it, you know. So, um, or if you live anywhere, <laughs> you could live in Eugene, Roseburg, and I would <laughs> I would get like it if you can't if you can't get the hour drive up or whatever. You, you got to work, Eugene, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you? Th- uh, it might be if you want to perform music. I'm probably gonna bring my guitar. We're gonna have like a sign up sheet and then gauge interest for open mic slash karaoke slash talent show we've got the stage it's a stage that nirvana played on a lot of cool people have played on that stage allison chains you know aaron, aaron carter. carter yeah <laughs> who did a sh- who was, had a brief run in the fantastics weird al yankovic he's rocked the house mm-hmm. you know, a lot of cool people i didn't know aaron carter uh did a broadway show the fantastics yeah, yeah. um all right, can we do film lightning round? Because I really liked doing that when we chatted before one time. Of course. All right. Yeah. We are. Oh, actually, I don't know the exact time that we're at now, sure. but but we're, we'll probably be able to keep it within an hour. So how does this work? You you like? I'm gonna name two movies, and you gotta pick one and tell me why. Which I prefer. Yeah, I oh, think tell so. Tell me why. Okay. Yeah, Envy or Shallow Hal. Uh, Shallow Hal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Envy has the poop and the vipu rise. And Very the compelling argument. <laughs> Shallow Hal has Jason Alexander with a tail. He does. And yeah, it wiggles I, and waggles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Blazing Saddles or Doctor Strangelove? Ooh, I, I think technically I'd probably say uh, uh, Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's just, they're both, both are brilliant satires of their own things, but right. I think, I just think, I mean, Kubrick versus Mel Brooks as, as, as directors, I mean, it's just kind of, it's very easy. I don't, I never thought Mel Brooks was very, was too skilled as a director. He's been more focused on his mm. writing and the, 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 the comedic voice in, within his uh, writing. Whereas uh-huh. Kubrick, uh, he's just, you know, pretty much straight shot, like a filmmaker, chess master. Like he's very uh, intricate in the way he was making the film. A Clockwork Orange or 2001, A Space uh, Odyssey? 2001. Uh, over 2001. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Harry Potter two or four. Uh, Chamber two, directed by Chris Columbus, or four, directed by Mike Newell. Uh yeah, two. I think that was his four. Name. Is the only one I never saw in theaters. Oh, I remember uh, Domo with, uh, saw, it, saw right? it on uh, Midnight, and, and she had a cool Goblet of Fire shirt. Nice. It was the one where they all decided to have big haircuts. I had such <laughs> a every every. I mean, this will I could say this for another pod, but like I, we could do honestly a whole pod about our experiences seeing each Harry Potter film. Oh, because I remember all those. Like, they're all so unique for me. The, the first one, first one was the only one I ever saw in the. I heard row. someone in there say, "Who's talking about Harry Potter?" <laughs> I watched the first Harry Potter the same day I saw the Jimmy Neutron movie. Oh, cool! It was the first double feature I ever did. Simpsons movie or SpongeBob movie? Oh, SpongeBob movie. SpongeBob movie. Oh yeah. Wow. I used to think Simpsons movie, but SpongeBob movie is it's, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's a masterpiece. Spider Pig. Goofy Goober Rock. You're, uh, I don't know, you're betraying the hometown here, buddy. I don't know. I think oh, I already did that. Eugene Springfield, baby. We hold it down for the Simpsons. Yeah, SpongeBob. Okay. You know who you're talking to? <laughs> yes. I don't mean to be, I, I, I get, I can be such a snob about SpongeBob. No, you're my, good. my controversial opinion was almost uh, SpongeBob should have ended after the movie. Mm. Like, there should not be as much SpongeBob as there is. Mm. Jackass or Borat 2? Uh, Jackass, the, the movie. Jackass, the movie, yeah. Uh, or Borat 2. Uh, probably Jackass the movie probably holds up better. It's just funny thinking about Borat too as like a kind of a call to action to vote in the 2020 election. I think it's no longer going to be that. One of the Jackass movies is like they like put the male anatomy in like a like a little like almost sock and then put it in a in a little terrarium with a a snake biting at it. That's um the the three. That's Jackass three. I think it's just funny that like this. Okay, the first Jackass movie is definitely the piss snow cone. Pretty sure because my I think so, my yeah. parents actually went to That's movies the twelve wasabi snooters and they decided to give it a shot and they hated it and that was one of the first things that they cited was like they shot a lot of the first Jackass movie in uh, Portland oh really and also obviously in like uh, like Tokyo I think yeah a lot so of, people lot of think stuff that Portland's been going to hell recently no 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 Jackass movie already <laughs> they've been they've been doing it <laughs> in the commentary they straight up say like Portland sucks Portland's got a lot of issues <laughs> but uh, it's just. A lot of these issues come from being desirable places to be. Yeah. A lot of people want to be there, even if they can't afford to have a roof over their head. If they can't, uh, they might have a different idea of of what life is, or they might be differently abled in terms of. I mean, I I was unhoused, right? And I was had a, a mental shit going on that was very acute at the time. So. I'm not equating that because I did at least have an electric via a car to mm. plug in into different places and sleep and usually not be woken up by a police officer or something. That was a uh, difficult and odd time, but it was also an important road to recovery after 
I would say, a few years of really fucked up shit. And uh, I got off track. So I, I've been trying to do something versus Zoolander, but I think that <laughs> Office Space versus Zoolander, it's, yeah, it's obviously just Zoolander. Really? Office Space, you're going to take over Zoolander? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, don't, okay. I thought you would take Office Space over Zoolander, honestly. I would. I, I definitely yeah. would. Really? But I just thought Zoolander... Was this more my bag? Yeah. Eh. Office Space is pretty, pretty, like, hardcore, like, satire of, like... I mean, I lived a life that was closer to Office Space than it was Zoolander. So over time, I was able to relate more to Zoolander. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. I was able to relate closer to Office Space than uh-huh. Zoolander. I've never been a male model. <laughs> Uh, Alfred have... Hitchcock's Vertigo or Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? Uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. Both I've... because it's just, I think it's a better film, but also it's hard to compare because I've not seen The Birds. Yeah. I haven't seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Haley wants to watch it. I thought that was pretty neat. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Hitchcock movies I want to see. There's a lot, he made a lot of movies. Um, but, you know. Do you have any highlight Akira, Akira Kurosawa films? Uh, I watched Yojimbo in college, and then I watched Stray Dogs uh, this last year. The Criterion Channel had a uh, collection of, it was a Japanese noir, oh, and I really cool. wanted to get you know through that, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always so daunting because they give you some collection that looks so insanely like enticing. Like Right now, they have a whole thing on... Um, only like seven or eight films that were all scored by Henry Mancini, mm. who was just like, just a baller film composer. No Country for Old Men or Burn After Reading. Oh, No Country for Old Men. Nice. I remember. Uh, I didn't care for it when I watched it in the theater. You I watched, just, you watched the, the violence. Which one? Oh, co- the I watched no it with my dad. I played No Country. Uh, I think in movies twelve. Yeah, it's I don't violence. even know. I don't think I've actually seen any Coen Brothers movie. Granted, I love Fargo, and it's got some brutal violence in it. Yeah, and Burn After Reading has a very savage shot, but like, a very I mean, fucked up shot. When you go when you go into No Country for Old Men, you kind of have to think like, I mean, like, to say like I don't, I'm a little turned off by the kind of the violence of it. I feel like it's kind of inherent to like the story of it. Like it's it's kind of what mm. to be. It's like going to a hockey game, and being like, I hope no one fights. Yeah, my dad always would get really triggered, frankly, by gratuitous violence. That's the term uh, he would use. And it, is, it does breach interesting territory because, um, I mean, this is a guy who believed really strongly that Grand Theft Auto was making people, young people more mm-hmm. violent. So I don't know that I fully believe that, da, da, da. but as a Juggalo, for example, Juggalos and ICP have been blamed for encouraging violence. I think it's a lot more of an outlet and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I think there's more there when you look at what the community's really doing. But uh, he didn't like gratuitous violence. It makes a question. You could have a story like No Country that is so dependent on violence as a central theme of the plot. Well, that it's not gratuitous. It's not just be done as, being done as torture porn. But you could also make the argument that you know they lean into the movies like that, or Inglorious Bastards comes to mind. In- intense violence, you know, yeah. in it because of the shock value and because it gets butts and seats. Yeah. Uh... And, you know, there's just something very, I don't know, inherently cinematic about the Coens. I mean, they oh, don't yeah. normally adapt. Uh, they're usually just writing their own screenplays. And this is a, based on a, a Cormac McCarthy book. And right. the book had, is pretty gratuitous itself. And, right. you know, they're just they're just adapting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's at least kind of veiled with, like, that little nuanced Coen Brothers humor. The Grand uh, Budapest Hotel or Stranger Than Fiction? <laughs> if it was 2007 and I had seen Grand Budapest before it came out, I would have still probably said 
uh, Stranger Than Fiction. That movie used to be like that used to be like a top ten movie. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or Borat: Cultural Learnings of America from Bank Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. You said the first one was uh, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. Uh, oh, Borat. I mean, I've seen Borat so many <laughs> times. It's it it holds up for me. It's 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 a blast. It holds up for me too, but I love Bless Her Heart, Lily. Trying to watch that with her was rough. Oh yeah, I mean, there's it's not for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even trying to be like you know you just don't get it if you don't like it. Yeah. I mean it, it's a it's a comedy. You know, Great it, it works or it doesn't she was work. Really good for partner uh, at the time. Uh, it sounds like I'm throwing shade. I'm not trying not to. You know, how I dig holes deeper and deeper. Uh, just say when you know, we're just trying through, to talk about like through different periods in life, and you're like, you know, I was I'm really grateful for that person. We may not talk now, but they they helped shape me in really meaningful I have, ways. Can may I can I can I can I throw you some questions about yeah. movies? Uh, sure, and then we'll wrap up. I mean, it's dark. Yeah, uh, I guess one one quick question. Audio I got listeners is, are like, <laughs> you got any? Do you have any like? What's the most like profound like experience you had watching a movie with a partner? Oh, is there anything like that? Because I mean, you talked about like with a romantic partner. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I have to say, the other and you don't have to go into detail. You just say like the just, movie. If you it want. sucks that I have to. The whole span of my life, it seems a little bit. Uh, Thomas, you're too. You have a recency bias, you know, mm. to talk about the two last movies you watched. But sure. frankly, it fits your your question well. Uh, Haley and I went down to a place called Hayes Mansion in in Santa, wherever the fuck in the Bay Area. I think this was in Santa Clara, California. No, this is technically San Jose. Uh, fancy mansion hotel I get with these certain benefits that I'm able to book cheap hotel uh, rooms. And uh, we watched Vertigo. And I just really liked being in the Bay Area. And we had just come back from San Francisco that day and seen some some sites, Coit Tower, Golden Gate Bridge that are in the movie you know yeah uh, she was really disappointed it was so foggy you couldn't you couldn't get that panoramic view of the bridge you could not see the bridge but we were on it so you could see enough to be on it <laughs> but uh anywho um and then i just kind of had this idea babe will you watch to live with me which is a movie that this helps kind of bring things back around to movies watched in high school richard diaz screened this in our uh eurasian history course and it was uh, it's a 1994 film about a family and how they endure the tumult of of the rise of communism in China. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's possible that it's it's been banned uh, by the Chinese Communist Party nowadays because it is unfriendly in its uh, depiction of the authoritarian nature of communist China yeah. in the 50s and 60s and stuff. I think so. Anyway. Um, really just love that movie and 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 she she liked it too and so that was nice um i told her i was gonna cry a lot and i cried a lot mm. and she like didn't get it you know at first thought it was like why are you crying over this it's like oh, you don't know this character yet but i do did you, you know did, did you cry when you saw the film the first time um probably probably but it was broken so you, up you, into you, multiple class periods we watched sure, it sure. in school but um and then revisiting it, I always, I always shed tears. It's kind of like what dreams may come. Yeah. I. Uh, but you want to wa- ask me questions? Do you want to do the same little kind of? Yeah, sure. I, uh, there's only one. There's only one other like non uh, rapid fire I wanted to ask. That was like, okay. uh, what do you? You're, you don't have to give away the ending or uh, go into too much detail. But I'm just curious what you think. What your favorite like ending to a movie is? 
Oh, vertigo. Know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. It's yeah. it's you go through. I don't want to spoil. Okay. You spoiler can spoil alert. An almost seventy year old movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I genuinely say, and I and I. I say I've been saying for a few years now. I think it's the single greatest film yeah. that has ever been made. Many would it's agree. It's certainly in that cat in that in that um, conversation, right? You look at the this. It's not. I don't think it was the first time they used the contra zoom, dolly zoom, vertigo shot, whatever you call it, where you where you you pan you you, you zoom in while moving the camera back. Yeah, it might um, be. I think they. May, I mean, maybe they called it the vertigo shot because it was popularized by that through mm-hmm. Hitchcock, but it could also just be because he pioneered it. I don't right. know, but anyway, you have not the just, point. Just the um, the innovativeness on that level, of course, but then also just uh, the storytelling. I think it's a great adaptation. Uh, I think it is uh, the cinematography is remarkable. The motifs, yeah. the use of color, the use of framing. Uh, I've been watching tons of film analysis videos about it. I, it's never ending. You could uh, yeah. everyone the spiral the, motif. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. Hitchcock was like pretty much studying hypnosis and then used it to manipulate his audience to hypnotize mm. his audience yeah and to look the music at, it, it invokes a spiraling and um the color green too yes um and yes. i mean this is like 1958 and green uh, and red are both used really beautifully not the kind of stuff you would see in a conventional hollywood film and no it's very artsy yeah and it was pretty much like you know they called it of, slow. A lot of the best movies were pretty much shit on when they came out. Yes. They, <laughs> they, pe- people thought it was slow and not believable yeah. because it involves around Gavin Elster's plot to do something really dastardly that you, it's like, why the fuck would you kill your wife in this way? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you found out he's got this fear of heights and he used to be a detective and you went to school with him. So you hit him up and then you go, you hire a woman to pretend to be your wife. And then you you make sure that you're going to go to a certain bell tower south of the, an hour south of the city at one given time where I'll be waiting with the actual dead wife. And then you, but you won't be able to go all the way up the stairs. It is convoluted. Sure. Yeah. But it's also kind of magical. And what I like about the ending is, I mean... You know, that movie's in two distinct parts, right? The first death, murder, seemingly it's mm-hmm. someone has died. And then he's been heartbroken for a year, sees her again. She's there in the flesh. He knows it's her. He's trying to figure it out. I thought that it's problematic potentially for me to think it's the greatest film ever because there's a lot of, I mean, patriarchal stuff in it for one. You know, I remember there was some there's some line I, I saw the film screened in a, a film class, a big lecture hall. And there was one line that was so painfully out of date. Yeah. Everyone was just breaking out into laughter when really? it was c- taken completely seriously in the movie. Something Jimmy Stewart says, and it's like something da, 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 for a woman. And the mm. whole audience is like, OK, all right, Jimmy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I mean, and the reason I feel... But also, that's like a Hitchcock thing. He's like... He, well, yeah, Hitchcock yeah. is being self-aware in that movie. Mm. That Jimmy Stewart's character is molding Hitchcock blondes, you know, because that, I mean, he was known for having these deferential, into stress, um, white, uh, attractive blonde women, conventionally attractive women in his movies to be... You know, protagonists that maybe also were accessories in many cases too to other characters, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I hope there's some self-awareness there. I also just think that uh, that putting um, this obsession, this madness, and this desire to control a woman uh, on display in that way is done as a critique. I mean, it's very obviously like you should not be this guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's he's also I, uh, things like the way he he leans into alcohol. He's clearly yeah. got problems with alcohol. He goes this one. <laughs> he's talking to Gavin Elster, and he's not really fully convinced yet that. Um, okay, we've gone into this a little too too far, but he's got he le- he's like. I need this. And he like holds up his drink and then they dissolve cut to something else. Yeah. There's so many you shouldn't be this guy movies. Midge in that character. The rationally uh, loyal, like it's his friend who used to be engaged to him. He's not interested in her because he's not the flashy. He's got a constructed view of, of who he's in love with and it's not a real person. And he's a, he's actually rejected somebody who would offer him everything that he should have, I would think. Mm-hmm. You know, There's a lot of human fallibility that's put on display in that movie. A lot of human fallibility. Oh, yeah. Um, do you want to have, ask me anything else? or do you, I mean, about the about Vertigo, I before think... Before I go I into... Mean, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I did the rapid fire. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could throw down a few more questions. Answer a bug's life for you, Brian. It, what? Ants Oh, I thought you were saying life. answer a bug's life. <laughs> well, my answer is a bug's life. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's not even a question. For the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even ants though I saw I saw some uh, memes lately. It seems like ants will show up in some memes like where they're like being like, this movie was really, like, class consciousness was depicted in this one scene. And, oh, sure, yeah. Because yeah. it was like, uh, like, they'll never all rise up because if they did, I would be... Like the generals or whatever would be defeated, the authority figures. But it's like, but we all have to just keep them from rising up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But does Ants have we a Randy Newman song? Here. Huh? Ants, any Randy Newman song in Ants? No. No, no. there isn't any no, there isn't song. What a bug. I love A Bug's Life. I love A Bug's Life. Right. More than the average. There was Pixar a period of fanatic. time where I think I, I, I noticed a trend in like three-ish of my favorite comedies when we were in like probably like eighth grade or ninth grade-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all like very distinctly like um, kind of satirizing a profession, like a given job. Sure. One of them was office space, just like office work and software mm-hmm. jobs. Uh, one is waiting, which is working in restaurants. Sure. And I, I can't remember the other one, but I think it was probably Employee Anchorman. of the Month. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, mean, maybe. I like that movie. I, I I think some of it obviously hasn't aged well. <laughs> I mean, but, for God's sake, it's like <laughs> yeah. Andy Dick is in the movie. <laughs> yes. But then yeah. again, he is an Inspector Gadget also, So, and I can't right. really speak ill of that. Anyway. Right. Yeah. They refer to the clitoris as the dingly in that movie. So mm. that's just a fun fact. Yep. Uh, not an all-ages podcast, y'all. Uh, <laughs> at this point yeah yeah if you hadn't figured that out mm-hmm. i know we baited everyone with the bugs life talk but this is not for the faint of heart you know but bringing it back to the north stuff i mean <laughs> we did get a lot of, of of filmic analysis training oh yeah in i mean mr ball was very serious about making sure we were taking notes mm-hmm. making sure we were highlighting and, and marking up our readings and, and, and making establishing sure we weren't the vocabulary. making fun of the special effects in blade runner Really? Yeah, I remember he was saying after some of the effects, he said, just before you go picking on the special effects, remember this is 1982, you know, the best thing yeah. that everyone had at this point was like Star Wars. And uh, we, yeah, I definitely I remember s- that. And I'm like, I don't know if we were going to we were gonna roast it. I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
you could see the um, rapid progression of camera technology happening in real time by taking that class because like the the cameras that we got because we were the inaugural class of that of that of film studies but Mm -hmm. it did continue on for at least a year or two after the cameras we got felt really pretty amazing then i would say and then a matter of a couple years later they kind of weren't because smartphones had caught up but yeah it was like the first time i could film something in 1080p Mm -hmm. yeah it was like it was like kind of like a flip cam but it was it was by it was by Panasonic, I think, or Nikon or something. Um, it's been really fun having you on the podcast, dude. Of course. We got to do uh, another one sometime, uh, a part two. But I will say, what's something that's broken in society and what is a potential solution? Um, for me, I think not enough people are media literate. Okay. I really think that it should be like we should. I think we should be teaching like visual media in a similar way that we're teaching like literature. Yeah. At this point, like it's pretty ubiquitous. I mean, and I think it's important to like, kind of be able to like open your phone and go like, is this real? Like, what is the intent of like, what am I being fed this? And I just don't feel like many people are, uh, you know, doing that. And I think the way, or at least too many people are not. Yeah. And I, I think the way to, so the, the, the way to solve that is for outcast to reunite and to do a, a tour. Okay. That's like the only way I think that can be fixed. I think that has to happen in order for it to like truly like be solved. I tried to get you to do a serious answer to the initial question. You had a great serious answer and you derailed it into. But I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, yeah, that, that would, I mean, we don't know if it's not going to work. I think what I if they only play Idlewild uh, soundtrack songs? I mean, if, if people saw the film, they would know. And that's part of media literacy. I want to thank the homie Brian for coming through on the podcast. My battery did die on the audio recorder, so we got to wrap it up there. But I'm sure it's just part one because we'll have him back sometime soon. And thank you so much for listening. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, what is this adventure you're about to embark? So put on your flippers because it's time to start. By the time that we're done, we will hope you'll agree. Ryan's mixed, mixed, mixed. That your world has been filled with laughter and glee. Ryan's mixed, mixed, mixed.